This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Luke Nelson. The Tin Woodman of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 12 Ozma and Dorothy. In her magnificent palace in the Emerald City, the beautiful girl ruler of all the wonderful land of Oz sat in her dainty boudoir with her friend Princess Dorothy beside her. Ozma was studying a roll of manuscript when she had taken from the royal library while Dorothy worked at her embroidery and at times stopped to pat a shaggy little dog that lay at her feet. The little dog's name was Toto, and he was Dorothy's faithful companion. To judge Ozma of Oz by standards of our world, you would think her very young, perhaps fourteen or fifteen years of age. Yet for years she had ruled the land of Oz and never seemed a bit older. Dorothy appeared much younger than Ozma. She had been a little girl when first she came to the land of Oz, and she was a little girl still, and would never seem to be a day older while she lived in this wonderful fairyland. Oz was not always a fairyland, I am told, but it was once it was much like other lands, except it was shut in by a dreadful desert of sandy wastes that lay all around it, thus preventing its people from all contact with the rest of the world. Seeing this isolation, the fairy band of Queen Lurline, passing over Oz while on a journey, enchanted the country and so made it a fairyland. And Queen Lurline left one of her fairies to rule this enchanted land of Oz, and then passed on and forgot all about it. From that moment no one in Oz ever died. Those who were old remained old. Those who were young and strong did not change as years passed them by. The children remained children always, and played and romped to their hearts' content, while all the babies lived in their cradles and were tenderly cared for and never grew up. So people in Oz stopped counting how old they were in years, for years made no difference in their appearance and could not alter their station. They did not get sick, so there were no doctors among them. Accidents might happen to some on rare occasions, it is true, and while no one could die naturally, as other people do, it was possible that one might be totally destroyed. Such incidents, however, were very unusual, and so seldom was there anything to worry over that the Oz people were as happy and contented as can be. Another strange thing about this fairyland of Oz was that whoever managed to enter it from the outside world came under the magic spell of the place and did not change in appearance as long as they lived there. So sweet, so Dorothy, who now lived with Ozma, seemed just the same sweet little girl as she had been when first she came to this delightful fairyland. Perhaps all parts of Oz might not be called truly delightful, but it was surely delightful in the neighborhood of the Emerald City, where Ozma reigned. Her loving influence was felt for many miles around, 
but there were places in the mountains of the Gillikin country and forests of the Quadling country, and perhaps in faraway parts of the Munchkin and Winky countries, where the inhabitants were somewhat rude and uncivilized, and had not yet come under the spell of Ozma's wise and kindly rule. Also, when Ozpris became a fairyland, it harbored several witches and magicians and sorcerers and necromancers, who were scattered in various parts, but most of these had been deprived of their magic powers, and Ozma had issued a royal edict forbidding anyone in her dominions to work magic except Glinda the Good and the Wizard of Oz. Ozma herself, being a real fairy, knew a lot of magic, but she only used it to benefit her subjects. This little explanation will help you to understand better the story you are reading, but most of it is already known to those who are familiar with the Oz people, whose adventures they have followed in other Oz books. Ozma and Dorothy were fast friends and were much together. Everyone in Oz loved Dorothy almost as well as they did their lovely ruler, for the little Kansas girl's good fortune had not spoiled her or rendered her at all vain. She was just the same brave and true and adventurous child as before she lived in a royal palace and became the chum of the fairy Ozma. In the room in which the two sat, which was one of Ozma's private suite of apartments, hung the famous magic picture. This was the source of constant interest to little Dorothy. One had to but stand before it and wish to see what any person was doing, and at once a scene would flash upon the magic canvas which showed exactly where that person was and like our own moving pictures, would reproduce the actions of that person as long as you cared to watch them. So today, when Dorothy tired of her embroidery, she drew the curtains from before the magic picture and wished to see what her friend Button Bright was doing. Button Bright, she saw, was playing ball with Ojo, the munchkin boy, so Dorothy next wished to see what her Aunt Em was doing picture showed Aunt Em quietly engaged in darning socks for Uncle Henry, so Dorothy wished to see what her old friend the Tin Woodman was doing. The Tin Woodman was then just leaving his tin castle, in the company of the Scarecrow and Woot the Wanderer. Dorothy had never seen this boy before, so she wondered who he was. Although she was curious to know where the three were going, for she noticed Woot's knapsack and guessed that they had started on a long journey. She asked Ozma about it, but Ozma did not know. That afternoon, Dorothy again saw the travelers in the magic picture, but they were merely tramping through the country, and Dorothy was not much interested in them. A couple of days later, however, the girl, being again with Ozma, wished to see her friends the scarecrow and the tin man in the magic picture, and on this occasion found them in the great castle of Mrs. Yoop, the giantess, who was at the time about to transform them. Both Dorothy and Ozma now became greatly interested and watched the transformations with indignation and horror. 
"'What a wicked giantess!' exclaimed Dorothy. "'Yes,' answered Ozma. "'She must be punished for this cruelty to our friends, "'and to the poor boy who is with them.' After this they followed the adventure of the little brown bear and the tin owl and the green monkey with breathless interest, and they were delighted when they escaped from Mrs. Yoop. They did not know then who the canary was, but realized it must be the transformation of some person of consequence whom the giantess had also enchanted. When finally the day came when the adventurers headed south into the Munchkin country, Dorothy asked anxiously, "'Can't something be done for them, Ozma? Can't you change them back into their own shapes? They've suffered enough from these dreadful transformations, seems to me. I've been studying ways to help them ever since they were transformed,' replied Ozma. Mrs. Yoop is now the only Yukuhu in my dominions, and the Yukuhu magic is very peculiar and hard for others to understand, yet I am resolved to make the attempt to break these enchantments. I may not succeed, but I shall do the best I can. From the directions our friends are taking, I believe they are going to pass by Ginger's Ranch, so if we start now, we may meet them there. Would you like to go with me, Dorothy? Of course, answered the little girl. I wouldn't miss it for anything. Then order the red wagon, said Ozma of Oz, and we will start at once. Dorothy ran to do as she was bid, while Ozma went to her magic room to make ready the things she believed she would need. In half an hour the red wagon stood before the grand entrance of the palace, and before it was hitched the wooden sawhorse, which was Ozma's favorite steed. This sawhorse, while made of wood, was very much alive, and could travel swiftly and without tiring. To keep the ends of his wooden legs from wearing down short, Ozma had shod the sawhorse with plates of pure gold. His harness was studded with brilliant emeralds and other jewels, and so, while he himself was not at all handsome, his outfit made a splendid appearance. Since the sawhorse could understand her spoken words, Ozma used no reins to guide him. She merely told him where to go. When she came from the palace with Dorothy, they both climbed into the red wagon, and then the little dog Toto ran up ahead and asked, are you going to leave me behind, Dorothy? Dorothy looked at Ozma, who smiled in return and said, Toto may go with us if you wish him to. So Dorothy lifted the little dog into the wagon, for while he could run fast, he could not keep up with the speed of the wonderful sawhorse. Away they went, over hills and through meadows, covering the ground with astonishing speed. It is not surprising, therefore, that the red wagon arrived before Ginger's house just as that energetic young lady had finished scrubbing the green monkey and was about to lead him to the caramel patch. End of chapter 12